What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy, Graham, also known as Hamhawks42 on the internet, and today we are going back to Ikoria Spoilers for another edition of Overthinking MTG. So today there's a specific card that I want to talk about because it is introducing an idea that I can really appreciate. Now, I have some thoughts on it, and, well, let's get into it. So the card that we're looking at today is Cartographer's Hawk. So... If you play Commander, you're probably aware that there's a big discussion about white in Commander, because right now it is relegated to a support color. It's got some of the best board wipes. It has, you know, instant speed exile effects. Your swords to plowshares, your path to exiles. Um, it also has some amazing, like, one-sided sweepers, like Settle the Wreckage, that are just absolutely crippling. Not to mention some amazing... Um, you know, combo pieces. I, I personally have a deck where Grave Titan is a really critical component of the of the deck, and it works out really, really nice. Not, I'm sorry, not Grave Titan, Sun Titan, the white one. Um, and, you know, it has a combo in it that I wouldn't be able to pull off without it. And it's like, well, that's a white card. It gives me that effect. So that's great. Now, the, the but the problem in Commander with mono white specifically, so if you are running a deck that has only white cards in it, you run into a little bit of a challenge because the two major things that you need to be doing in order to ensure that you have value and ensure that you have the ability to play the game late in the, later on is you need card draw and you need mana, period. You need mana on the board, otherwise you don't have any power, you don't have any energy, you don't have any stuff in order to actually cast your, your spells. But then if you don't have the cards in your hand, you don't have any freaking spells to cast. So you need those two things. Every single commander game, like that I've been a part of, I know, like casual commander, generally speaking, the first couple of turns, you're filling up your hand, and you're you're making sure that you have a decent mana base. That's what that's what everybody does. That way, on turn five, six, seven, when stuff really starts hitting the fan and people really start throwing out those huge haymakers, everybody is like built up, ready to go to take some of those hits and deliver some of their own. That's like. You know, that, that's kind of the casual flow of at least every commander game I've been a part of. I know every playgroup is different, every meta is different, I get that. But that's been, that's kind of this general consensus of like the mid-power decent stuff. Now the other part about commander that is especially fun is that you can select a character to build around. And you can find characters that, it, that you resonate with, that you find enjoyable, that you you know, employ some um, some kind of trickery or they have something about their character. Maybe it's a piece of the artwork that really resonates with you and you just really enjoy. Um, and you want to embody that character and build an army for them to go onto the battlefield, you know, that, that you can command. And that's something that's that really resonates with a lot of people. And there have been some amazing mono-white creatures over the years. And so, there, naturally, there's a desire for mono-white commanders, your mono white players to play with mono white commanders and for that to be viable. But two of the things that white does very, very poorly is draw cards and accelerate mana. It's just not good. It's one of those things that, um, that it suffers from. And they've, in, in um, up until about this past year, the conversation has been white and red suck at this, and so white and red in commander without green or without black into the mix to help kind of carry some of that, they just don't work. They don't work super well at all. But we've seen that in the past year they've developed some new ways for red to get there. So 
Red has cards that are rituals or things like Simeon Spirit Guide, where you can sacrifice a card in order to get like a one mana advantage, but it's all temporary. It's all very impulsive. It burns out, if you will. But it fires fast, but then it burns out is the idea. And they did something similar with card draw, where now Red is capable of exiling a card and you can play it until the end of your next turn. And then it goes away. So it's like, okay, here's a card. But if you don't use it right now, it's going to be it's going to disappear forever and that's going to be it. And so it's like, OK, well, whatever plan you had, you can either execute on that plan or you can do this thing. How does that feel? Does that feel good? Great. Do it. You know, that's the, the idea of it. And as a result, that kind of impulsive draw feels very red. Well, but a complaint that people have had is white doesn't really have anything similar. And the only thing that really works as far as white ramp these days that's actually Decent. I mean, there are a couple of examples, and when I say ramp, I do want to specify, when I say ramp specifically, I'm referring to effects that take a card from your library, or extra ones from your hand, any, but puts it on the battlefield. So if it's a card that pulls a land out of your out of your library and puts it in your hand, like Birth of Meletus, or Meletus, or however you pronounce that, that allows you to fetch up a plane and put it in your hand. All right, cool. Like that's good. It's a nice effect to make sure you hit your land drops and that you're playing on curve. That's fine, but it does not ramp you. It does not get you ahead of your land drops. Meanwhile, rampant growth, the green spell for which ramp is named, goes into your library, grabs a basic land, whatever land you want, and puts it on, onto the battlefield tapped. That way, at the beginning of turn three, you have access to four mana. So that's when we're talking about ramping. That's what we mean. And there are so many great ways to do that. And Mono White doesn't have it. And there are a lot of artifacts that allow you to accelerate your mana. So obviously you have Soul Ring, you have Wayfarer's Bobble, you have um, Commander Sphere, you have Urgolem's Eye. There are tons. Thran Dynamo, of course. Like, th there's a huge array of mana rocks that everybody has access to. All right, that helps. But it doesn't feel... There's something missing. And so... Some, some kind of way to ramp or draw cards in white is really, really clutch. It's just something that that color just seems to lack. And as a result, all of these amazing mono-white commanders that are available to us are all going to be a little bit slower and a little bit weaker than their mono-blue counterparts or their mono-green counterparts because they just aren't drawing cards as fast and they aren't ramping their mana. And so even if they hit every single one of their land drops, they're not going to accelerate it anywhere near as fast as some of these other colors. Then, so last year with Ravnica Allegiances, we had Smothering Tithe. That was an amazing card. It was a white effect that taxed your opponents every time they drew a card. So they had to pay one or you got a treasure token. And then you could sacrifice the treasure token to create a mana. So it accelerated your mana at the cost of taxing your opponents, which feels very white. That's That fits with some of the stuff that we see for them. Um, and so, great. A lot of people, uh, like commander players everywhere, celebrated Smothering Tithe. And it became just a staple in mono-white commander decks, like overnight, like immediately. Well, they're at it again. So this this year with the Ikoria Commander 2020 product that they're going to be setting out, they have introduced Cartographer's Hawk. So this is a 2-1 flyer for two, one and a white. It's a bird. I do have a soft spot for, for white birds, I do have to admit. Um, as somebody who had a, an Azorius bird deck back in the day. There's, they just make me happy. But, okay, so flying, when Cartographer's Hawk deals combat damage to a player who controls more lands than you, 
return it to its owner's hand. If you do, you may search your library for a planes card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. So here we have a situation where one of the archetypes that white has, this is kind of, this is so many different archetypes of white all smashed into one creature. And it's kind of a beautiful little microcosm for what wizards, uh, how wizards sees white. So one of the things that we see with white is weenies, you know, white weenies, so like little creatures that you can just ping your opponent to death, just go wide, just swing with everything. Well, okay, Cartographer's Hawk is one of those. It is a 2-1 flyer for two. It's an aggressive little white weenie. It also has flying. It's a bird. This is all something that, th these are all things that we've seen from white in the past. This is nothing new. Um, we've even had Healer's Hawk recently, which is another kind of infamous hawk that does stuff when it deals damage to your opponent. In that case, it gains life because it's lifelink. But, um, so... So there's that. Then the other element that this thing has, that Cartographer's Hawk has, is that the player who you're hitting needs to control more lands than you. So if you're in a commander game where other people are ramping faster than you, and that ramp involves them putting more lands into play, there's a good chance you can meet that criteria. The other thing is, if you're behind on your land drops, this thing can help you catch up. So it's the idea of justice, that equality factor that we see in white in that is just a part of the the flavor so that's kind of cool it's kind of fun again it fits it lines up with what white does then there are a couple other things here so you get to go for a planes and put it in onto the battlefield tapped cool you have you, this is finally a white effect that is allowing you to tutor from your library onto the battlefield for lands thank you this is something that has been it's been it's been missing in white and so i think this is this is good it's solid i'm glad this exists um but there there are a few other details about it that and perhaps it plays better than it reads um but the other thing that it does is when you so you have to play it on turn let's say you play it on turn two you're on curve you hit it on turn two great you swing it at your opponent who maybe went went first you know, so if you're in a like a 60 card one to one kind of thing this is like okay cool if they went first you get to hit them and then you get to catch up land wise neat that that works um you know you get to kind of get ahead of them in that regard but you have to return it to your hand in order to so when that ability triggers you have a choice do i want to return this to my hand or do i want to leave it on the battlefield if i return it to my hand i then get to go grab um grab land and throw it down neat like that's good um but at the same time it's just kind of like i don't know i i suspect that there's it seems odd to be pulling the creature back up to your hand in order to do that. Although, I do want to point out one another element of white. Another thing that white does better than anybody else is board wipes. White loves destroying the board. It's kind of its thing. So what this does give you is in a situation where your opponent is ahead, if they have more creatures than you, um, and more lands than you, and you're just behind. You can swing in with a healer's hawk, assuming it can't, assuming that it's going to get through because it's flying is a sufficient evasion. When it hits them, you can pull it back up to your hand, go get get a planes, put it down in, onto the battlefield, and then hit a wrath of god, Whew, wipe the entire board, and your healer's hawk is just chilling, safe in your hand. And when you untap next turn, you now have more land to play it again, um, as well as whatever else you have in your hand. So that's kind of neat. You know, that like that could synergize with that. It protects itself from you, the white player. Because that was always the, that, that was one um, 
there's one criticism of white that I've heard that I think is founded, I think it's valid, um, that white specializes in a lot of little creatures and then also destroying a whole lot of creatures. So it's kind of self-destructive. Like, you either get one or the other. You don't really get both. Because um, if you use both, it just ends up eating itself, and that's it. Um, so you're going to end up with dead draws no matter what, because either the board wipes are effective and you're getting whooped, or the little creatures are effective, um, and you don't want to wipe the board. So it's like, what do, what do, what do you do? So Cartographer's Hawk, its ability to bounce itself, now all of a sudden that that plays into that. And that also does put another card in your hand. I mean, uh, so I guess you could almost argue that that's card draw, but that's kind of, uh, that's a stretch to say the least. Yeah, so what I wanted to, the issues that I have with this is that it feels super situational and super clunky. When you compare this to something like Sakura Tribelder, which is just like a staple ramp spell in green, it costs two, it's a one-one, no evasion, no nothing, but at any time for no mana cost, you can just sacrifice it, grab a, any basic land, and put it onto the battlefield tapped. That's it. So when you compare Cartographer's Hawk to Sakura Tribelder, it's it's kind of silly. Like, it looks really bad, actually, because it's so situational. There's so many hoops you have to jump through in order to make it work. But it's white, and so just the fact that it's white seems to give it like immunity for being not quite as good as the other colors. Now, I know comparing it to green is a little unfair because ramping mana is like it's green's thing. That's what it does. But still, I want the white version of that to be competitive with the green version of that. I want them to be comparable. Um, and maybe that's not super fair. Cartographer is also... Cartographer's Hawk is also a rare. This is a rare. Meanwhile, Sakura Tribelder, if I'm not mistaken, was originally printed at Common. I think it was reprinted at Uncommon, just because they like they realized after the fact, holy cow, this thing's amazing. Like this is a go-to. You need to have it everywhere. So that seems a little odd to me. Like, and and again, I know that I want my white version of Sakura Tribelder to be as good as Sakura Tribelder, but function in white's space. And Cartographer's Hawk functions as a white card beautifully. It, it's, it's a weenie. It it finally ramps us. It finally puts mana onto the battlefield. That's great. Love that. It, um, you know, the bouncing it to its to its owner's hand, I think is unnecessary. Like, if that wasn't on this card, I, I would be so much happier with it. If I could swing multiple turns in a row with this without having to throw Lightning Greaves on it, I would be a lot happier with this card um, because the the momentum that you have to, like, the momentum shift. So if I play it on turn two, swing on turn three, finally I get a planes down, it bounces back up to my hand. I, all my mana is tapped, so on turn four I have to, I guess I could just play it down again as my turn three spell, but that's all I would do. So I would have to invest everything in just into ramping and then just get the Cartographer's Hawk back down. Like, that seems silly. Like It just seems a little, a little too expensive. Um, you know, you do this this card exactly the same way. Leave it exactly the same, but take out the the need to bounce it back up to your hand, and maybe make it a one one instead of a two one. Go ahead and knock that value down a little bit. I'm in. I'm all, I'm. I think it's wonderful. As it stands, it is a perfectly fine inclusion in decks where that makes sense. Um, you know, but I'll tell you right now, I've got an Abzan deck. I'm not. I'm not considering this for half a second, and. 
I would imagine any multicolor deck, except maybe Boros, is probably passing on this too. Now, the one thing that I am curious about, I would love to see this I want to see if this makes a splash in other non-commander formats, because I think it might for one simple, one very simple reason. It says, search your library for a planes card. Did you notice a word that was missing there? It's not basic planes. So any dual lands that have the planes subtype, this can go grab. That's pretty great. So now all of a sudden, you can use this to fix your mana. If you don't have access to blue mana, for example, you can hit with a Cartographer's Hawk, go grab a Hollowed Fountain, boom, now you have access to blue mana. And it comes into play tapped regardless, just because of Healer's Hawk's, Healer's Hawk's ability. So, all right. Now that's a situation where, I, you know, um, that all of a sudden could, could have an impact, and I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know the Pioneer or the modern meta well enough to know if this really fits anywhere there. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it has a home. Maybe not at the top tier, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are a couple of decks where this does slot into the strategy and can execute. You know, because you are dealing two damage in the air with it, in addition to ramping your mana. And if you're also fixing your mana on top of ramping your mana, all of a sudden that's you're getting some more value out of that effect and so needing to pay the cost of it bouncing back up to your hand that's okay like you you can manage that that's all that's all right um i am also interested i'm wondering what other ways because one of the things that i love to do is when i'm looking at a new card i'm trying to figure out one of the things that i love to to kind of piece together is how do i take the downside how do i take the cost and make that a benefit. As someone who really enjoys the uh, the idea of sacrificing a creature is something that when you hear about it, you think, oh, you have to sacrifice it. That means you have to lose it. You're giving up something you want. Meanwhile, the, the reality of it is being able to sacrifice certain creatures gives you so many options and it's incredibly valuable. Being able to sacrifice your stuff, having a sacrifice outlet on the board can be a huge benefit to the person doing the sacrificing. Which seems kind of odd, a little counterintuitive, but it's true. You can turn that cost into a benefit. And I'm trying to do that with Cartographer's Hawk. So how can we turn... So the biggest cost issue that I see with this card is the need to return the Hawk to your hand in order to ramp with it. I do appreciate the fact that he doesn't bounce back after every single hit regardless. That's nice. So if you're hitting, if it's just, if you're just trying to eke out a win and you need two additional damage in the air, or you need four additional damage over two turns, you don't have to recast it. You can just keep swinging, and that's okay. So I do like, in the end, is a 2-1 flying bird that you get to keep eventually but if you're you're going to use it to ramp you have to all of a sudden pay extra so but i'm trying to figure out the best ways to do that and i'm thinking cards that allow you allow effects when creatures enter the battlefield that's an opportunity um i also wonder if there are effects that you could use I don't know. That's something I'll I'll think on that. I'll I'll try to figure out ways to ways to abuse that cuz i know they're out there they have to be right Anyway, but yeah, Cartographer's Hawk with Lightning Greaves. I know I mentioned that earlier, but if you are behind in a game, that combination could actually be really vicious because you're basically then paying three in mono white for a rampant growth is how it would end up working. Um, 
and then your cartographer stock would effectively have vigilance. So what you what you would do there is you'd swing in. But what I mean by that is you have cartographer stock on the battlefield already. Cool. You swing in for two. You hit your opponent for for two in the face. Bounce it back up to your hand. Then um. Actually, no, you don't have it on the battlefield. You don't have the battle. You don't have it on the battlefield at all. You pay. You pay the two. Put it down. Attach lightning greaves. Swing in. Boom. Two damage. Go grab a planes. And let's say you grab a hollowed fountain. Throw it in. Why not? You know, let's say you need access to blue. Then you bounce it back up to your hands. You end pay another two. Put it back. Put it back down. You can equip the lightning greaves onto it. It's loaded, ready to go for next turn, and nobody can touch it. And it can block. So like I don't know. You there there. It's not a bad card. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. And in fact, given the, the commander support that we have seen for white recently, this thing is a gem, which is really speaks to how weak white is in commander. Because it just is. The, the debate has shifted from is white weak in commander to how do we fix white in commander to does white even need to be good in commander? Like we're getting to a point where we're debating whether or not it, whether or not we should even try to fix it rather than whether or not it can be fixed. I personally want to see more card draw in white, and I want to see more um, more ramp in white. So I'm glad to see this. And the reason I want that is because there was a card when I first started playing called a Chroma, Angel of Wrath. She was a 6-6 flyer for 7 with all kinds of insane abilities on her. She was easily the most powerful creature in the game at the time. And I have a copy of her, and she's like worth 2 bucks right now because she's, she's really just a she's just a flying beat stick like she's not an amazing card by today's standards but i have a soft spot i would love to build a deck around a chroma that is angel tribal that's all mono white angels and mono white angel support so that a chroma can lead a legion of angels onto the battlefield i would love that and you know what i can build that today and it would be incredibly slow and it would run out of gas because it doesn't like white doesn't have good support to make that into even a moderately powerful deck like it is like playable at most like serious casual tables if that makes any sense you know so you can build it but it's not going to play well and i want that deck to play well because i want to represent that character in a fun way and right now that's really really hard to do but cartographer's hawk is at least a step in the right direction it's a step I want to take some bigger steps, and I hope that in the in the coming days, with the rest of the uh, Ikoria spoilers, we see some more from uh, of this. I want to see more cards like this. But the other thing, the biggest takeaway here, mono white commander players, they're listening. Wizards is clearly listening. Otherwise, this card wouldn't exist. So that's something. Actually, that that that's a lot. That that's a lot. I would I would hang on to that. Because it's true. They're listening, clearly. I gotta say, actually, I'm pretty happy that, that that's where the, that landed. Because like all my other episodes, I know that these aren't random, uh, but I am doing these more or less off the cuff. I did look at this probably about uh, 20 minutes before actually pulling it up, uh, before actually starting recording. These aren't scripted. Um, this, these are my impressions of, of these cards. And I, I'm glad that that's where we landed. I'm glad that that's, that's the thought. Wizards is listening. They they clearly see the problem and are willing to take some steps to make white a viable monocolor in Commander. Um, whether they're doing that just to shut us up 
or whether they're doing that because they do want us to have a good time. Frankly, I don't care. I'm glad they're doing it. All right, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out. This has been a delight. I'm over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash hamhawks42. I stream there every morning, 5.30 Eastern time, and that's also my morning workout. So if you wake up around that time and you want to join me, play some card games, and then do push-ups every time I lose, um, we can do that together. It's actually a load of fun. Come on out and hang out. We have a great time. And uh, I'm also on Twitter at Hawks42. All right. Thanks so much, guys. And I hope you are having a fantastic day. Stay safe out there.